The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Sample Chapter Podcast. It is bonus episode number 125 here at the Sample Chapter Podcast. Oh my gosh, yeah. As of this recording, it is, this would be coming out on June 26th. My gosh, I can't believe it's the end of June already. That's nuts. Uh, But uh, today's guest is first-time author, fantasy author, Brandy Schoenberg. And let me just tell you, Brandy is a trooper. <laughs> we had we had a lot of laughs because it was so frustrating trying to get this episode recorded. Uh, we had uh, you know she was able to make some time. I was able to make some time. We didn't have to worry about breaking away. And thank goodness for that because we had audio issues like you wouldn't believe. I've never experienced anything like this in my whole run. I think episode three with my buddy out of Oklahoma. Uh, Roger Colby, he was in a library with very, very poor internet, and he and I had a hard time. But this episode really takes the cake because there were internet issues, there was apparently a lightning storm descending on me, and I found out after the episode was done, my computer was awaiting an update, and like within moments when we were done, I had to do the update and restart my computer, and then go back in and check and make sure that the audio was okay. It was very, very frustrating. And... For the most part, everything turns out fantastic. The episode's great. Uh, audio actually sounds really good, even though we both sounded like robots through most of it. So <laughs> that was a that was a little crazy, but thankfully the recording studio uh, recorded things fine. But uh, you are going to hear during her reading, though, there are a couple of spots where it sounds like she kind of speeds up a little bit, and that's because there were gaps. She would fade out. She'd be talking, and then she would fade out and be gone for you know a couple just a couple seconds and then she'd come right back and she'd pick up like she's right there again right 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 in the middle of a sentence in the middle of a word and it's right back there again and at the time i was aware that that happened i did not hear any issues uh but during the editing i did hear that uh, there was a couple of times where it sounds like uh, her voice kind of speeds up like it's trying to catch up and i think there is twice where She's in the midst of a sentence and it's doing its thing to try and catch up. And I believe it may have skipped a couple of words because it's like, you know, she's looking at a waitress and she recognized one of the men or something. I don't know, something a little strange like that. But don't let that don't let that trouble you because it's a great reading and it's a fantastic and, and she does a great job. And I think it still very much so captures the essence of this incredible chapter from from this amazing book that she wrote. Uh, which is called The Gate. Uh, like I said, she is a first-time author, and man, she does a wonderful job with it and a great job with the reading. So I, I really appreciate her taking the time to uh, hang in there. And, uh, you know, we were able to get it done. We had a big laugh when it was over with. But during the episode, we're, we're going to be talking about thinking about writing versus actually doing the writing, <laughs> which is, I'm guilty of that myself. Uh, characters that develop out of thin air and other characters who speak to us during the writing and the ability to write multiple projects at once, the benefits and maybe even some of the pitfalls about it. Uh, Another exciting thing about Brandy that you're going to hear about is that she is another one of the 
premier authors with Episodic, that publishing service that you've now heard. Uh, this will be the second author that you've heard from that is with them. One of our past guests, L.M. Revere, she is she has also moved her book over there, The Sons of Mill. Uh, so, and she's actually been the one behind helping me uh, get connected with some of these authors, these, these great authors. So this is really exciting. And episode five debuts on this day, the 26th of June. This is when uh, you can log into Episodic and read the first five episodes of this book. And uh, I think it's a really cool service. It's really, really neat. It's uh, very unique. And, you know, my, these authors have been describing it to me. And I guess, uh, you know, it's serialized and it's a subscription. So each week or month, whenever the episodes come out, that's when you're getting the next chapter or episode in this case. That's when you get the next one. And you're not limited to just one book. You're getting all of the books available on there. Uh, by my understanding, I believe that's that is the way it's working. That it works. So it's a really cool service and something you really ought to check out. So make sure you click the link in the show notes for Brandy and Episodic both, so you can uh, find out more about this because y- you definitely want to check out uh, the gate. It's it's really really cool. Well, hey, uh, real fast, I want to go ahead and send out a great big thank you to my sponsors and podcast friends. Of course, you know who they are. Uh, with bonus episodes, I don't spend a whole lot of time on that. So, you store all self-storage facility out of Warrensburg, Missouri. They are the number one in that area. Climate control and non-climate control and all the security you could ask for. Check them out online at ustoreall.net or click the link in the show notes. Of course, my other wonderful, wonderful sponsor is Scrivener. The absolute best writing software that you can look for. It's made for writers by writers. And let me just get you right on over to that advertisement. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now, I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. Yes, indeed. Thank you, as always, to Scrivener Writing Software. Amazing stuff. I, I just I can't express how much I love it. Hey, if you are into geek culture, pop culture, all that kind of stuff, anything uh, nerd <laughs> that's uh, anything that encompasses the the nerdity the nerdville the nerdiness that is pop culture you know some areas of pop culture anyway then <laughs> make sure you get on over to popgoestheculture.com to check out not only i believe there's five or six different shows available on that network but there's lots of blogs streaming shows that they they do throughout the uh, throughout the week and on the weekends Lots of fun stuff, so click that link in the show notes and hop on over to popgoestheculture.com to check out more that they have to offer. Last but not least, I want to thank Project Entertainment Network. They are plum full at uh, about 35 
different shows, writing related and non-writing related, all kinds of entertaining shows to fill your day, to fill your week with it. I mean, think about that. 35 different shows. If you go in and you only listen to Project Entertainment, which I don't recommend. You, you want to check out Pop Goes the Culture as well. <laughs> Almost messed that up, didn't I? Uh, but, you know, if you listen to just those two networks alone, you've got yourself like 40 shows to listen to throughout the week. And I don't know, I don't know how many shows I listen to on a regular basis, week in, week out, but it's probably pretty close to that or, or maybe a little bit more. I'm not sure. But what you definitely want to do is check out this advertisement for one of those amazing shows at Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to Wild Speculation, a podcast where each episode is a short story that explores one of the many strange, wonderful, and sometimes disturbing worlds of speculative fiction. You can find us at wildspeculation.buzzsprout.com, on the Project Entertainment Network, and wherever else you find podcasts. So sit back, enjoy the story, and let your imagination run wild. Alright, that sounds like an amazing show. Just like this one. Make sure you're following us on social media, uh, Facebook and Twitter. We have pages on both of those. It is just the Sample Chapter Podcast. Easy to find on both of those locations. You can also follow the show on YouTube which has got a pretty nice following right now, and it's uh, getting a getting to be a popular location. The show is also available on just about every podcasting platform available, so wherever it is that you are listening to this, make sure you go in and hit that subscribe button. Leave me a review if you would, and that would be amazing. I will call you out on the next episode if you do. But, you know, if you are not a social media person, if you're not interested in using any of those methods, then send me an email at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com and you can reach out to me that way let me know what you think uh, if, if you have a recommendation for an author coming up or if you yourself are an author and you'd like to be on the show and of course the latest the newest thing we've got to offer is you can give me a call at 660-851-1146 you can call or text that number and it'll get right over to me I'm not going to call you back. <laughs> you're not going to get me physically. You're going to get the machine, but you can leave me a message. And if it's a nice one, maybe I'll play it on the next episode. So give me a call or text at that number. Once again, it is 660-851-1146. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get us on over to our episode with the incredible Brandy Schoenberg. Ladies and gentlemen all over the world, welcome back to the Sample Chapter Podcast. <laughs> this week, for the second time, uh, we are going to be welcoming an author who I don't know anything about, so I'm very excited to dive into this. And she is another one of the writers from the incredible episodic writing platform. So without further ado, Brandy Schomburg, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here, and I cannot wait to find out more about you so first let's start off with uh what was a what was a uh a first writing that got you got you bitten by the writing bug um back in the seventh grade i had an english teacher who was also a published author she writes historical fiction but she had written a book called ryan's hand prior to that her name's leela meacham and she had us 
writing and I wrote a short piece and it was about a tree and it was very fantasy like. Um, I think it was a little lofty for a seventh grader. And when she gave it back to me, she had written on it. You are a natural writer. This is what you should be doing. And I've kept that, I have it in a binder somewhere. Um, I actually contacted her recently to tell her I actually finished a book finally. And she was very excited and it was really cool to kind of complete the circle. That's awesome. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I, I remember teachers growing up who have uh, certainly had an impact on me, whether it was my fourth grade teacher who read like Charlotte's Web and Where the Red Fern Grows and inspired me with reading, uh, becoming a reader that I am today, or a teacher I had, which honestly, I don't remember her name now, but I was in eighth grade and needed us to write a story and then came back later. I failed the, <laughs> I failed the <laughs> paper, but she really enjoyed the story itself because <laughs> I did not write at all what she said for us to write. So, <laughs> uh, Gotcha. But uh, yeah, that was, and that's great. I, I just love it whenever we can look back and say, yeah, it was, you know, this teacher who really impacted me. Yeah. And now sure. you're a teacher, right? Yes, I am. Oh my I teach gosh. eight, I teach eighth grade advanced science, but I'm also the sponsor of the creative writing club. So there's that. Well, that's really, really cool. And that's awesome that you're helping inspire the, uh, the younger generation with uh, coming up with stories of their own. I'm, I'm sure you got a lot of stories from there as well. Oh, crazy stuff. They're really good. That's awesome. That's awesome. So now where does the gate come from? The gate is probably a 10 year bizarre journey from in 2010. Um, I have a fascination with dimension hopping and, um, I actually started writing it during a pretty rough time in my family's life. And she was, my main character kind of as a metaphor for how I wanted to be. I wanted to be invincible, immortal, and kind of shielded from all the emotions that I needed to try and handle. And um, I wrote 14 or 15 chapters and left it alone for a really long time. And I don't know what prompted it, but about two years ago, I just picked up my computer, scrapped almost everything and wrote 37 chapters in about three months. Oh, it wow. just sort of, yeah, it just, I had years and years of thinking about it, not doing it, thinking about it, not doing it, writing other things, dabbling with it. And then it just sort of exploded. It was really, it was bizarre, but <laughs> it, it all happened. It happened all at once, but it was a journey. And I think that it is a little bit of a metaphor for my life, I guess, through that period. And I, I think that's a common theme. It happens to a lot of authors. It, it's what happened to me. I had a lot of things that I would start and stop different stories, had different ideas. I never knew what to do with it. And it wasn't until the idea for my first book uh, came to me and all of a sudden I just, I saw the whole story in my head. I, I knew what I was going to do with it. It took me a while to finally get it all down and I had to play with that beginning quite a long time. But once I got past that first little bit of it, then it was like the rest of it just came on out. Yeah. It's crazy how it does that. It is. It is. And the characters, I, I don't know about you, but I really do hear the characters talking to me, telling me what they oh. want. 
Oh, I do. Not only that, but characters show up that I don't even know. I'm like, and <laughs> yes. you are, I don't know you, but welcome. <laughs> so, <laughs> that happens all the time. And I'm like, I, okay, you're in the story now. And it's, <laughs> it, people think I'm crazy when I explain, when I say, oh yeah, that character just showed up. <laughs> long as the, long as we're able to keep them from completely taking over the story, going Very in a completely true. different direction. Right. <laughs> for sure that happens but yeah you have to rein them in yeah exactly yeah so tell us about the gate is this fantasy is it uh, urban fantasy or it, it's 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 fantasy um it's sort of your straight up fantasy magic swords a dragon light creature though i'm not going to call it a dragon um it's that kind of fantasy it is a story about amarin and she is an immortal warrior who was brought across dimensions through some very special kind of magic and um, against her will she didn't ask to be brought and that crossing of dimensions changes her into an immortal warrior and you start this whole thing seeing that this immortal warrior does not want to live she wants to not be immortal she's trying to end her life part of the price they pay when they come across is that they don't know who they are or where they came from. Mm. And the idea is that they are brought across as clean slates for the Legion of Karth and have no loyalties to anybody but Karth. And uh, she's kind of an exception in that she, that's not good enough and she's ready to be done with. Wow. Okay. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm going to go on a limb and say that you might be a fan of Highlander. It's really funny that you say that because my, um, my comp titles when I was pitching this was Highlander meets Throne of Glass. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, I am a fan of Highlander. And I have had this really bizarre fascination with dimension hopping, not necessarily with immortality, but the dimension hopping thing has been like Stephen R. Donaldson's The Mirror of Her Dreams. I read in high school and it's always stuck with me, the ability to pass between worlds. Um, mm. It's probably why I'm a big Thor fan. I don't know, but um, I'm fascinated by that. So that's kind of how this happened. Yeah. Well, you know, and what I love about writing stories is that you can take an influence from something such as Highlander. And I love the tagline on the front that we all want to live forever until we don't. And it, yeah. it, it really sings of that. So you know, even, you know, who, somebody walking along might see that and be like, oh, hey, I wonder if this is anything like, you know, Highlander or oh, Nemora. Right. And, you know, it brings them in and you know, maybe something completely different, but that inspiration can definitely bring somebody else in. And, and I just love that you never know where the inspiration is going to come from and, and uh, what it might do to a reader. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So what, uh, how about your characters in this? What, uh, what was your inspiration for them? Um, Amarin, my main character, I think, like I said, initially she started out as, I think this alter ego for myself and where I, how I was feeling. I wanted that shield of, you know, nothing can hurt me and kind of that dark, I don't care about anything. It was just a, a dark time. And she, she morphed past that. Um, initially, a lot of the characters came from just visual kinds of Snow White and the Huntsman the Huntsman's character really mm. kind of spoke to me. Um, oddly enough, one of the main characters or one of the supporting characters, I wrote him 
and then started watching Game of Thrones. And I swear someone went in my mind and took <laughs> Sir Dabo Seaworth and made him, <laughs> he, he's my bent and he was my bent before there was a Sir Davo. So yeah, I kind of get visual sometimes. I see the way people act and I see the way people behave. And I think, I think I need that. But then there are those characters, like you said, that just show up out of nowhere and your brain just came up with them. Yeah. But yeah, Amber and actually, I think she just, she's my alter ego. Yeah. I, you know, and it's funny you say that because I, I, I think I write very visually as well. And I, I think about movies and scenes and stuff. And I think that's why some, how I sometimes get myself in trouble. Like we were talking before the show, how I, I have a scene in a, a chapter that I just found where I completely changed the point of view to somebody else. And I think that's what happened to me was I was thinking visually, Oh, if this was a movie, Oh, you're now seeing mm -hmm. it through this other point of view. And you know, it's not, now I have to go back and fix it. Cause you know, as a writer, we got to do this right and stick to a point of view if we're going to do that. And, <laughs> But yeah, it, it's, it's that visual, I know what I want it to be. I know what this is going to be like. And uh, seeing the characters the way you are, it, it certainly feels like it's going to come across with this. Well, what's amazing is that I had all these characters sort of pre, you know, they do those fan cast. You see that all the time. Oh, yeah. And, and so it's like, I think I may have done that when I first started writing. But what I find so interesting is that as it's written it and edited and it's out there, all of these characters, I can't fan cast them anymore because they're their own people. Mm. And it's very difficult to find, oh, you could be a good if they made this into a movie. I can't find them because they are uniquely the, their own person. Mm -hmm. And that's cool because that means that they became themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I Somebody asked me that too. They, they asked me, I was like, oh, well, who would you cast in this? I'm like, oh, gosh. I have no idea. It's like, plus, like my main characters in my first book, they were all teenagers, and I don't know right. young actors today. I'm like, I don't. Right. Know. <laughs> like, Same. give me somebody. Yeah, give me somebody from the '80s. Come on, I, I don't know. Perfect. <laughs> I have to ask my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that would not be my job. I'd be just like, hey, whatever. I'll just yeah. take. I'll take the money, and yeah. uh, you all cast who you want. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. Yeah. So this is, uh, you are also putting out the gate in episodes on that, uh, that new platform episodic. How, how yes. has this been going for you? It's really interesting. Um, breaking it into episodes worked really well for me. I wrote the gate its second iteration. Um, I was really big on Wattpad. My daughter actually introduced me to Wattpad and I started writing the gate, rewriting the gate on Wattpad. And I developed a pretty decent size following on Wattpad with it. And, you know, the cool thing about Wattpad is you say, oh, I'm going to do this. You know, I'll, I'll publish episodes weekly or whatever. And you have to leave your last episode with them wanting more because you want them to come for the next chapter on Wattpad. And you do it chapter by chapter. And so I think that lent itself to creating these episodes that, kind of left you hanging enough that you wanted to know what happened next. Um, so every chapter end has a tendency to sound not cliffhanger-ish, but you want to turn the page. And that I think honestly is a byproduct of, of kind of learning to put this all together on Wattpad and having people waiting for your next chapter release next week. So the episodes are working. It flowed well. It broke up nicely. 
and it was not initially how I anticipated releasing it, but um, I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah, I could see that too. And that's, that's one of the things that I'm kind of toying with the idea of like, man, is this, I, I don't know if it's something I want to uh, try yet or if it's something that uh, I even have anything that might work for it or not. But it seems like the gate is perfect for this kind of platform. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And you have several episodes. I, well, I see up to episode 10. Have you already had 10 come out or is it? No, they've, uh, last week they released episode four ah. and next week episode five will release. I have 10 episodes in this book. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Now I see. Yeah, I'm looking at it on here and I can see the, uh, the read now tab next to it. So you know how many there's out with 10 in all. That's cool. And it's got some really great yeah. reviews going. Wow. Thank all you. right. So what is, uh, what's next for you? Um, I am working on the sequel because I can't leave this ended. I can't leave the ending the way it is unless <laughs> people, unless I want to hide from people. Um, I'm working on the second book for this one. Um, but I'm also working on a YA sci-fi. Um, I'm, sci-fi is near and dear to me, just like fantasy is. And I kind of bounce between the two genres. So I am working on that. And I have a tendency to bounce back and forth. I'll write a chapter of the sci-fi and then I'll take a day or two and I'll write a little bit on the sequel for The Gate. And it just kind of, it's, I'm moody about it. I go back and forth. <laughs> Well, that's, that's cool, though, that you are writing in, in a couple of different things at once, and uh, I'm sure that's helping it keep it fresh. Um, I, I like to do the same thing. It helps me uh, keep it fresh with, uh, with my stories. So, well, where can, where can people find and follow you? Okay, um, I am on Instagram, Brandy Schomburg author. I know, super creative. So I'm also on the episodic webpage, episodicreading.com and all of the links to my social media are on that as well great great yeah and we'll make sure to put links to all of this and into episodic uh as well oh my gosh uh you know technical difficulties aside i've had a really good time <laughs> talking to you brandy <laughs> yeah robot voices yay yay yes oh my gosh we'll see we'll see how this uh, comes out at the end but <laughs> okay I'm so happy that uh, that you were able to make some time and uh, that we could uh, could we that we could chat like this today. So and best Same. of luck when when the next uh, book comes out when the sequel comes out. You have to let me know so that I can help share the world. Absolutely, I would. I got to finish writing it. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to step aside and hand the floor over to our guest, Brandy Schonberg, with the Gate. I'm going to be reading chapter one from the gate. Chapter one, crack. The wooden staff landed across the warrior's back with sickening force. It knocked the wind out of her as she fell sprawled out on the ground. Her fingers curled in the dirt while she resisted the urge to reach for her blade. Goddess, take me, I won't fight you this time, she whispered. Her face was streaked with blood, her skin crossed with fine silvery scars barely visible in the evening light. A dark brown tattoo swirled an intricate pattern on her left temple, one fine line curling just under her eye. Three men circled her, weapons in hand. 
the big burly one twisted his staff as he laughed to himself. The notorious, immortal Amarin, he sneered. You don't look so deadly to me. Amarin pressed her forehead into the ground and let loose a half-hearted chuckle. I never do. The littlest one with the broadsword leaned in close to her and whispered, you're nothing but a girl. She couldn't see the third man, but she could feel him behind her. He was the quiet one with a pair of daggers and she was counting on him to hit his mark. She breathed and grunted and brought his daggers down forcefully. She inhaled deeply as the blades penetrated her sides, carrying with them the thick poison paste she spread over her skin earlier. The mage had been specific about the concoction. She could not inflict it upon herself. While she hated it for it to end like this, it wouldn't matter soon. Amran smiled as she felt the blinding pain and the spreading fire of nightshade in her blood. She silently thanked Naira, the goddess of night, for hearing her plea. Her limbs weakened as the nightshade poison slithered through her body, creeping up to lick at her heart. But then she felt the familiar chill of immortal magic take hold and fight back the poisonous assault. No, 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 she banged her forehead against the ground. Searing pain tore through icy magic as muscle and flesh repaired itself. If she had done everything exactly as the dark mage had instructed, it should have worked. She should be dying. As her strength flooded back, anger and frustration exploded. Her eyes glazed over with the familiar rage of battle and she flipped over onto her back. In the space of a breath, she had whipped out her throwing knives and placed them squarely in the chests of two of her assailants. Only the big lout with the staff remained standing. She deftly jumped to her feet, drawing her sword. Do I look deadly now? She growled as her sword met his belly in one swift movement. His eyes widened and he said nothing as he fell to the ground. She stood over him for a moment, breathing in the heady scent of blood and fear, then raised her eyes to the crowd that had gathered. She still quivered in her battle rage, but the worst of it had already begun to drain away. She took several cleansing breaths as she knelt to retrieve her throwing knives, then strode through the throng of people toward the end at the edge of the village. She needed a bucket of meat in a dark corner to regroup her effort. Amarin sat at the table and stared into her wooden cup. Belted at her waist was a legion short sword and an ornately worked dagger. The dark and smoky inn was loud and bustling with Northfolk trying to escape the cold. A fire blazed in the hearth while bouts of raucous laughter cut through the chatter of serving girls and kitchen noise. She absently glanced up and out the window. The autumn winds blew furiously, howling through the cracks in the walls. She returned to her study of the cup gripped in her hands. Why had the nightshade not worked? That vile trickster of a mage swore on her life it would. Amran had heard stories about the mage's abilities, but those stories had come from the living, not the dead, and she now realized the absurdity of her faith. She snorted to herself as she drained her cup. She didn't want this life anymore, and since it had been ripped away from the life she was born into, one she couldn't even remember, she did not want to live at all. But her forced, immortal existence was like a suit of lead armor she could never remove. Without warning, the end door crashed open, caught up in the bluster of a brewing storm. Two men dressed in long, oiled coats pushed through and briskly shut the door behind them. Their faces were hidden by the hoods pulled over their heads. The pair slowly made their way to the fire, surveying each table as they passed. Halfway to the hearth, a serving girl approached the men, but was turned away with a gesture from the leader. Amra slunk into her chair imperceptibly, drawing back into the shadow of her own heavy hood. She casually moved her traveler-marked left arm beneath her right forward. The thunderbolt and circle brand was unique to travelers like herself and could easily identify her. One of the men paused for a moment when he neared her table and she held her breath. 
Only a moment passed before he continued on toward the back of the common room. She slowly exhaled. When the men reached the fire, the taller man turned and bellowed, we are looking for someone. She tensed, although the brawl had happened several hours ago. Admittedly, the town square had been a poor location choice on her part. The trio of men had been nothing but low-life thieves, but they were dead, albeit with half the town as witnesses. Though she had done her best to remain anonymous with her background, a low profile could be difficult to maintain. Room fell silent. All the hushed conversations and laughter settled into quiet as the patrons turned to look at the man who was speaking. He took a step forward. Five silver pieces for the traveler, called Amarin. She sucked in her breath and stiffened while the room remained silent. Her eyes were firmly cast on the table and she toyed with the handle of her cup. Moments passed like hours. She carefully lifted her eyes to survey the room. Most of the people shook their heads and ignored the request, but she could have predicted it would be the pig-nosed serving she recognized one of them. She sat back, her hood falling off a tangled mass of dark red-brown hair. Both men sat opposite her. One of them, older than the other, offered a greeting. Fine evening, isn't it, Rin? Hello, Bent, Amarin smirked. She looked at his companion. He removed his coat and there, just below the bend of his elbow on the soft underside of his arm, was a fresh circle and bolt brand. It was only about a year old by the look of it. I don't believe I know you, she said, as her left hand drifted under the table and rested on the hilt of the second dagger strapped to her thigh. Bent nodded his head at the other man and said, this is Aaron, speak, but continued to stare. A few silent minutes passed, then finally she broke the uncomfortable silence. Who sent you? Your king. Bent leaned in on his elbows and waited for her reaction. You mean your king, she responded, furrowing her brow. Rin, when are you going to stop this madness? You are a subject of the kingdom and you have been for more than 20 years. Karth is your home. Bent shook his head as he leaned in closer, lowering his voice to a warning growl. And Lastin is your king. She moved in nose to nose with the burly man. Her voice was a low hiss. I am free. I wasn't born here, so I am no one's subject. I did 20 years with the Legion and I owe no one. She settled back in her chair, her eyes glinting with heated anger, bent sighed deeply and sat back as well, studying the woman across from him. She was a traveler, brought across dimensions against her will by a powerful mage known as Regelf, the gatekeeper. She had been stolen from her home world to serve as a conscript in the Legion of Karth. Bent knew there was no better with a blade and he would trust her with his life, but she had an infamous stubborn streak. Lass, Bent began, you are still part of the Legion and right now you are a deserter. Amarin groaned. Why did you look for me? Couldn't you have just let me be? She looked down and picked at her bread on the table in front of her. These are dark times, Bent said. Her eyes flicked up briefly. I need a solid blade master at my side, and there's none more solid than you, he leaned forward. Your kingdom and your king needs you. I couldn't care less what your king needs, she mumbled. I need you, he implored. Rin, lass, what else do you have? His voice was gentle, almost fatherly. For a moment, she wavered because these years spent on her own in this land had been lonely and painful. In the last 20 years, Bent had been the closest thing to a father she'd ever known in this life. Now he sat in front of her, knowing where she had been and what she had seen, asking her to put her life back in service of a king to whom she had no loyalty. She looked away and pretended to consider his request. A pained expression clouded her eyes and she rubbed her temples. 
I, I have memories of the life I should have had, she whispered, her brow furrowed as if in pain. Bent's eyes widened in surprise and exclaimed, that's not possible. He narrowed his eyes in suspicion. Travelers don't have memories of their former lives. The corner of her mouth curled up and she cast her eyes at Aaron. No, you're a traveler, Aaron, don't you remember? Oh, yes, he said. His quiet sarcasm had a hint of a lilt. I was the glorious high king of everything where I came from. He held her gaze with his ice blue eyes, challenging her. She started to look away, but something in a smile held her for a moment longer than she would have liked. She averted her eyes, then looked back to Bent. Of course I don't, Bent. She rolled her eyes and chided. We're not given that option, remember? She shifted in her seat and leveled her stare at her aging mentor. So instead, I think I'm going to find a cottage or a cabin in the woods and stay especially drunk. Amarin tilted her head and drained her cup. Bent wrinkled his nose in distaste. How fortunate it is you cannot die, girl. A drunkard's death is especially miserable. Bent swallowed his ale and stood. I have never known you to walk away from a fight, lass. Why now? He leaned in. Remember, you're not the only traveler in the world. Stop acting as if you are. And as a deserter, I can't help you if you're found out. The serving girl who had betrayed Amarin's identity hurried to the table. My five silver, where is it? She demanded of Bent, and the aging legion commander dropped a handful of coins on the table. The girl scrambled to pick them up, but Amarin's hand shot out and grabbed the girl by the wrist. Her eyes grew wide and she instinctively cowered. Amarin glared at her for a moment, then released the girl and swept the coins off the table onto the floor, pocketing one for herself. The serving girl made to protest, but Amarin forced a snarl and she scrambled down her hands and knees, collecting the remaining four, quickly tucking them into her apron before darting back into the kitchens. Bent looked toward the door, then back at Amarin. We'll be at the barricade, but we're leaving for Calloway at first light, he told her. You can keep hiding and pretending you're the only one who feels the way you feel, or you can live your life, even if it never ends. You have a gift. It is like thievery not to use it. Besides, what a sad waste it would be to have you live for eternity in the mines. Bent locked eyes on Amarin, and the noises of the tavern seemed to silence around. Are you threatening me? Amarin asked quietly. Her old master gave her a hard, long stare, then turned and followed Aaron out of the inn. The portly innkeeper scurried to close the door against the relentless wind. Amarin sighed and dropped her head into her hands. She had run from Legion service over three months ago, but she still could not find her place anywhere she went. She was an immortal Legion traveler who'd seen three wars and countless bloody battles, but her worst fears weren't of blood and pain. This place had offered her nothing but hardship. What she feared most was never discovering what could have been. Bennett was right. What if the only place for her was at the other end of a blade? It was the only thing she was good at, the only thing that distracted her from her pain. If he was offering her a way to return without penalty, she would be a fool not to take it. She lifted her cup and called for another. She stood as a different serving girl handed her a wooden tankard. Amarin swallowed the sweet liquid in one gulp and hefted her broadsword over her shoulder. She walked to the door, opened it, and slipped out into the night. All right, that was Brandy Schoenberg reading chapter one from her debut fantasy book, The Gate. Hey, episode 5 is available today, June 26th, over on Episodic, so click the link in the show notes for her other chapters and the latest one. Uh, sign up for that service so you don't miss out on the rest of that book. Click the link in the show notes also for our podcast friends and sponsors alike, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out next week when I'm back with an all-new author, a brand new book, and an all-new sample chapter. Take care, everybody.
This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.